0: Hello and welcome back to St. Clements Podcast. I'm your host, Ben O'Neill, and I'm joined today by John Dooley and J Savicski. Today we are interviewing a man not only known for his hotel tours and sneaker collection, but also his stellar car reviews, Dave Lord Humphreys. All right, so let's just get straight into it. Um, have you always been interested in cars and motorbikes? How did you get into the area of motor journalism?
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've so since I was... Uh, pretty much a kid i was always into cars bikes every, every pretty much everything um i wasn't always in journalism or i actually hadn't really always planned on going into it i after i left school um i did a couple of different jobs i ended up working in the motor trade so i was working in a motorcycle dealership and then um got to know a couple of journalists and Eventually, I kind of started to write a little bit um, and at the time, so it would have been a blog, but not like blogging back then wasn't really quite what blogging was like nowadays. So it was kind of. The same term but it, w- it was a kind of different thing and so I started writing a couple of things so I was basically I was self-publishing on like a WordPress website and a couple of people saw it and said hey actually this isn't too bad maybe you know we might get you to write one few things for us and I did that and that kind of got the ball rolling I was doing it on the side but then it kind of progressively got busier and busier and I ended up kind of having to make a decision to ditch the kind of day job and make this my day job and I've been doing it now for about 12 years so um but yeah i've always had an interest anyway so that made it a lot easier because i kind of knew what i was talking about and i was interested in talking about it and writing about it so it made it a little bit easier
0: uh what's it like being not only able to see these cars but also drive them? like i must think it's like such a great experience driving cars that you would normally never be able to have access to
1: yeah. So, I mean, it, it's we, yeah we do it all the time, but I still get a kick out of the first time you see something brand new for the very first yeah. time. Um, it's always really interesting. And I guess doing this, doing this job, you not only get to drive them, but you're getting an opportunity to meet the people that make it. You're getting to meet the engineers the designers you know so you can talk to them and and you know to be able to sit in a car and drive a car with the guy that designed it is really yeah. really interesting And
0: concept.
1: yeah exactly yeah so you get to see absolutely everything and often you'll find out stuff that you couldn't really find out any other way without doing it and in terms of driving the stuff then it's all again it's always really interesting especially when you get to drive something that maybe has a new technology in in it or is something that's really kind of moving the game on. It's always really interesting to see how that changes and being able to experience that, but also being then able to kind of put, compare that to something that you maybe you've driven the previous version of that car. So being able to do that is also pretty interesting as well.
0: Yeah. Um, adding on the last question, have you ever rear a car that was so fun to drive if you found yourself fighting a car to go over?
1: Yeah, I mean, often so, I I, it's a really good question. I often get asked, you know, what's my favorite car or what's the best car I've ever driven? It's kind of hard to really narrow down one, but every so often there are some cars that you just don't want to stop driving (laughs) and you just want, you know, you want to keep it. Um, And, you know, obviously stuff like, you know, high end sports cars and stuff always rates up pretty highly there but sometimes what's equally as interesting is the cars that really surprise you so you might go and drive a car and you kind of think okay i kind of have an idea of what this is going to be like and it turns out being far far better than you expected Um so that's always again a really interesting part of the job as well of of kind of being not caught off guard but you kind of get oh i wasn't expecting this to be quite the way it was
0: and um... When reviewing a car, what's the first thing that you look at when you first get your hands in the car?
1: So, when I review the cars, um, generally, the first I mean, if I've never seen the car before, the first thing I always do, obviously, looks are an important thing, although they are, um, I always say looks are subjective, so yeah, I could like how a car looks, and you might not like how a car looks, and yeah. and and so you have to kind of understand that, and it's so uh, what well, in my writing, for example, I try not to say this is a really beautiful car. I would say, I think it's a really beautiful car, but also then we, uh, I would try and qualify that. So I would try and go, it's a really good car, a really good looking car compared to something else. So you know, you're kind of backing up why you're saying this is such a good looking car. Yeah. Then um, I guess the first thing I often do is, pretty much whenever I get out driving a car for the first time is I'll just sit into it and I'll just try and soak in some of the details even before I start driving. So I'll just look at, um, the quality of the materials inside or how it's laid out, or maybe look at, you know, from an ergonomic standpoint. So are all the controls and all the features where I expect them to be. And, and I'm always comparing cars. So if I'm going to drive, um, say a BMW five series, I'm automatically comparing it to its rivals. So like a Mercedes E-Class, so is, is the interior nicer or better, or, you know, has a better quality finish to it than it? Because that's usually what readers want to know is they want to know, know where, where is this kind of going to rank in the, is it good or is it not good? Then when I start driving them, um, I guess from a technical standpoint, we're always looking at very specific things. So like, is it particularly noisy or is it particularly quiet when you drive? Um, How's the performance? You know, is it realistic? Does it match with what people are looking for in this type of car? So there's a whole parameter of different things that we're always looking for. And when I go away to other countries to drive cars for the first time at an international launch, we, we might only get two hours with a car and that's it. So you have to be, quite quick at judging everything and kind of getting an idea of how this is so and what helps that is the fact that we drive so many cars so we kind of have this huge mental data bank of okay i know what this car is like and this car is like so i can start to make a comparison then with it. so but yeah there, there is a lot of specific things that you start to look for um usually for me um the looks i i will t- touch a little bit on, but it's more to do with um, how it drives. Is it comfortable or is it sporty, depending on what the type of car is? And then also we look at, you know, is it good value for money? So is this priced well? Is you know is somebody who's going to buy this getting good value for money?
0: Yeah. Um, if you were free
1: to choose, what would be your dream car? Oh my dream car. So <laughs> it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to pick one. If I could only drive one more car again it, it's a very close kind of two cars um one would be a manual bmw m2 cs or a 997 gen 2 porsche 911 gt3 rs so they're two cars that of i mean i i, I couldn't tell you how many cars i've driven it's it you know it's in the thousands at this stage with my career, but there too that if if I was given a, you know five more liters of fuel, there your last five liters of fuel, there are two cars that I would want to go and drive in.
0: Yeah, um, we've seen some of the most cool looking cars coming from Audi, BMW, Honda. Where do you see your car innovation going?
1: Where do I see the your car innovation going? Um, I think like in terms of design. I I think it's, it's re design is about to get, is getting a lot more interesting um, Mm -hmm. primarily down to electric vehicles. So the reason for that is all all of the cars now have this kind of skateboard platform. So you've got the battery in the floor and then you've just got your wheels. That means there's a lot of free space in the cabin Mm -hmm. and around the bodywork, And it means that the electric cars don't have to conform to a conventional sort of, car shape where it has a big engine in the front and and fuel tanks in the rear and stuff like that so I think now we're starting to see a lot of really interesting design and um, I think to a certain extent obviously with electric cars aerodynamics plays a big part of it so we're seeing a lot of how a car shape comes into that but also there's now a real change about brand identity so every car brand wants to have something that Makes them instantly recognizable beyond just having the badge on the car. So, with BMW now, you'll probably see they're putting really big yeah. front grills on the car. It's not, it's a, something that a lot of people don't like, but it's also makes it instantly recognizable. And, and sometimes when design happens like that, it is almost kind of counterintuitive. You think, well, it's not really good to do that, but when you start to see all of the cars that have it, then it all kind of has this we call it like a design language that runs through all of the cars i think um i think we're going to see a lot more um unusual and different designs so you mentioned honda like so you know the little honda e i think you're going to see a lot of a lot of design features like that because now there are a couple of more manufacturers that are going to go well we're going to put cameras on cars rather than rather than door rather than door mirrors door mirrors actually create actually are usually responsible for about five percent of fuel consumption so by taking away door mirrors suddenly that makes the cars a a lot more aerodynamic and with an electric car makes them a bit more efficient and then inside i think the bigger thing not just the outside but the inside and how cars are kind of laid out inside is really changing now again partly because they're electric but we're seeing much bigger screens we're seeing Like lounge style seating for if you're sitting in your car, like uh, and your car is charging at a at a fast charger that you can kind of recline your seat and and hang out. Um, Honda do this cool thing where you can plug in like everything like a HDMI cable, so you can have your PlayStation plugged in, all that's there as well. So I think that's another part Mm -hmm. that's really changing.
0: That's perfect. Actually, before I answer the next question, I wanted to get your opinion. What is the coolest? like prototype kind of cyberpunk cars like we've seen the Audi that has like the Ford Mustang Tron vibe and the BMW that's basically straight out of it like what one is your favorite out of the yeah
1: cars? um so I don't know if you saw recently did Audi did a thing called the Grand Sphere concept which was yeah. like yeah so it's like this really and, and what I really loved about that was that they actually met they had this kind of wood surround dashboard but the the screens were actually made into that. So it was like projections onto the woods. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cars that I saw recently, it was technically a concept, but Mini did a, a partnership collaboration with Paul Smith, the designer, and all of the inside of the car was made from recycled materials. So rather than the traditional, usual sort of plastics, everything was like off cuts of fabric, off cuts of like plastic and it still looks, you know, just like a regular mini on the outside, but on the inside, it was totally different. And I think I I really find that kind of aspect of it quite interesting now of how they're actually thinking, not just how a car looks, but what's in the cars. Um, I mean, the, the big thing is like with everything now, it's all about big screens. It's all about, you know, this kind of connectivity experience that you have in your car. But, I also find them very distracting when you have huge screens like that. It's great when you're parked or if you're just sitting in your car, but when you're trying to drive, one of the things that really bugs me is they they now put like the temperature controls as like some sort of touch bar. And it's when you're trying to drive a car and adjust that, it's much more distracting than just being able to reach down without looking and and you can just turn a knob. Same with like your volume control. Yeah. And now that was a big trend for about five or six years. And now the manufacturers, because they've had a lot of negative pushback on that, they're now kind of starting to bring back some of the, we call them traditional controls, but like stuff like your volume now has a a volume knob again. Um, But yeah, it's all about now, like materials inside connectivity, all that kind of stuff are, are the kind of concepts that are, are you know starting to be shown in concept but make it to reality but certainly yeah some of the like those two would really stand out in recent memory of being quite quite an interesting design but yeah i mean some of the some of the concept cars you see are just purely like- to- yeah totally like yeah. So, like something for grand turismo whereas i love seeing something that has a bit more of a tangible. You know, connection to real, like okay, this can actually happen in four or five years time. Yeah. And when, from my perspective, when when I see these concept cars, I sort of dissect them, and you look at them and kind of that's a really cool looking car. But I, I'm looking at the details, and there might be like one small bit of it goes, oh, that's going to be the next, you know, the interior of the new AH of the next generation AH or whatever it might be. So you're always I'm always looking at a little bit deeper into these things to see what it is. But like, have you got a favorite that was one that stood out that you really liked?
0: I saw a concept of it was an old Ford Mustang, but it was like kind of like cyberware kind of must like it was like a modernized version of. Oh
1: yeah, but like 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 still with the old body style. Yeah, still had the old
0: classy kind of style, and I thought that was really really cool. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean that that's a really big thing now. A lot of the a lot of car companies are getting their old cars and just putting an electric kind of modern powertrain into it but just
0: you know one of the best cars like what my dream car is like a bmw m3 e30 okay yeah yeah um and i just i love the cars like i just always have like i love bmw even though they're infamous for making really cool concepts and never
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I remember. I remember one of my favorite BMW concepts was. Do you remember the Gina concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That when had he, like, the fabric bodywork, yeah. and yeah, that was fantastic. Really, that's really so cool. cool. Yeah.
0: It's like no, nope, we're not gonna make it. And I'm
1: just... Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So when I see these concepts, sometimes I'll see them. And I go, this just. Totally pointless. But sometimes you'll see them and you actually go, ah, there's yeah. actually a few things in there that. I saw ending. a few that
0: looked like out of this world, but like they're, like the BMW, for example, like the, have you seen the Tron kind of one? Like I saw someone test driving that. On like a yeah, tram, yeah. And, it was and another,
1: another really great example is that is the Hyundai Ionic 5. Yeah, no, I see that car, yeah, which is I remember seeing the concept of that at the Frankfurt Motor Show, and I thought, this is really cool, but like, they're never going to do this. And then they did it. (laughs) And we were all like, oh, wow, they actually did it. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Actually, on the topic of future, where do you see fuel going? Like, do you think it's going to be hydrogen, like uh, electric, solar powered, you know, or any somewhat new alternative to petrol?
1: Yeah, this is this is a question that we frequently come up against, and and I get asked what the future you know is it is it electric? I think in the overall scheme of things, it's not any one particular fuel that's going to be the dominant fuel source. Um, with I think with a lot of new, basically all new passenger cars are in Europe at least are moving to electric and that's just going to be the way it is so by by 2030 so which isn't really a huge amount of time away you have you'll have a situation where effectively every car manufacturer will only sell purely electric cars but that's mm. new cars there's still millions of cars currently on the road and i don't think there's going to be a situation that petrol cars or diesel cars are going to be banned kind of outright. So if you've got a car now, you, you can still keep driving your car. Yes. The price of that fuel may increase Um, and we'll probably eventually have like E10 fuel and we'll have eventually biofuels may come in. Um, but I don't think it's going to be any one particular thing. I think electric cars will make up a bigger proportion of new sales. Hydrogen, I think hydrogen has a really good point um, and a really good case, but more for bigger vehicles. So yeah, buses, like, vans, SUVs, trucks, all that right, kind yeah. of stuff, because uh, the thing is, it's actually how you store the hydrogen in the vehicle. And at the moment, like, I, so I've driven a few hydrogen cars and they're usually SUVs because they're easier to fit the, 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 the uh, hydrogen tanks into, it, into the car. But, the big thing about hydrogen and the only thing that's going to stop hydrogen is or limit hydrogen at the moment is that it's not, it uses a lot of energy to create the hydrogen. Yeah. And at the moment, a lot of that energy doesn't come from renewable sources. So it's kind of a little bit pointless to have hydrogen until we crack how we make hydrogen efficiently and more envir- in a more environmentally friendly way. So at the moment we use kind of two parts of energy to create one part of hydrogen. And it just doesn't really make sense. Um but and also we don't have the infrastructure for it. So at the moment in Ireland at the moment we don't really ha- we don't have a hydrogen fueling station, for example. So you can't buy a hydrogen car at Ireland for that simple reason. Um, and I think we will maybe move to a case where we will maybe have someone like bus aaron might start to invest and have hydrogen production on site so they can have it on site in a bus depot and they can fill the buses there and then and it makes a lot of sense i totally get hydrogen and i think i think the engineering behind it makes sense but we just haven't quite found a way to
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: but but it will it will get better um, and I've no doubt that it will improve, but I don't think it will be in passenger cars I think passenger cars will be primarily electric. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll still have obviously com- all the cars that are still out there will still be fuel, uh, com- conventional combustion engines. Um, and I think what we may have in time is you will see to try and move people towards electric cars is we will have. And um, maybe within certain cities, particularly probably Dublin will be the first to do it, that they'll have maybe some sort of low emission zone, whereby if you drive maybe in between the canals in Dublin, you'll have to pay a fee or you'll only, only allow certain things. But I think we're a little bit far off before that happens at the moment. But the, sorry, I know it's not really giving you a direct answer. My, my honest answer is I think it's going to be a mixture of everything and passenger cars will be primarily electric hydrogen for bigger few, for bigger vehicles then um, but we'll still probably have a mix of petrol, mild hybrid plug-in hybrids as well I think diesel is probably the one thing that will from passenger cars will pretty much essentially is already almost gone and it's only really being kept for vans and commercial vehicles at the moment
0: uh, I also heard that you have gotten your hands on the new Honda Insight, how is that going for you like, can you tell us a bit about that car?
1: yeah so well like the so i have had um so i in terms of my my own honda insight is like my was like an original honda insight from from the late 90s and i just really? got it because it was uh for me it was kind of like what what car does a car journalist get and i i'm very fortunate i drive new cars all the time and i always have them at home but um i kind of wanted to have something for myself just to you know just to enjoy and kind of mess around with so and I wanted to have something that was kind of a little bit significant, and yeah. that, that insight was significant in that it was the very first hybrid that was ever sold. So <laughs> it beat the it beat the Prius by seven months, um, and it looks kind of cool and it's a little bit different. But that's kind I of love cool. the tire
0: um, detail how it's like hitting underneath
1: the car. Yeah. So yeah. So they enclosed the rear wheels to make it more aerodynamic, and at the time, it was the most aerodynamic car in the world and it's still I mean it gets crazy fuel economy it's so easy to run I've, I've had it for just over a year and I've only put fuel in it four times um so it's just it's really like it, it's fantastic it's a fantastic little thing um and like yeah it's just it's a very easy car to live with yeah. um and that was the thing like that was at a time when Honda was really doing amazing engineering and uh, then they kind of lost their way a little bit, but now they're making some really interesting cars again, like the Honda E, the, Honda, the electric Honda E, like it's a fantastic little car. It's, it's quite limited in what it can do, but if you take it in the context of it being purely a city car, it's a fantastic yeah. bit of engineering. Um, and Honda are quite unique because they're not part of a big group, you know, like you've got Volkswagen as part of big groups and all the other ones, but Honda is just Honda. Um and they very much do things their way and that's it and I admire that in the company. Mm.
0: Yeah, you're active on Instagram we love your content. Can we please um, hear where your Instagram Lord username Lord Humphreys came from?
1: And um, so the the it was kind of a nickname from a really really long time ago, and um and it was just a couple of friends who used to use it and it was. it was was just really started as a laugh basically we were out one night and somebody said oh that's they called me lord humphreys and all the people were out with but somehow just thought i was actually some sort of lord but i'm not um but the only reason i use it for my social media is that um it was kind of a nickname that stuck but then when i went to go and open somebody else already had dave humphreys and i was just like okay and i didn't want to have like dave humphreys 209 or whatever so so yeah that was it and then because nobody else had the Lord Humphrey's thing I was able to get it on all the other social media platforms so and it was kind of easy then when you just have one type of username for everything yeah. um so that was it so um so that and it just kind of stuck and it's just a kind of a nickname really but uh, there, that's the simple reason for it it was just yeah. it was a name that was easy to find on social media and that kind of stuck and then that kind of made the the nickname kind of get even more people knew about it then so that's it but yeah yes people some people do still call me it but it's <laughs> it's just dave normally <laughs>
0: and um from your instagram i see that you travel a lot do you enjoy the constant travel uh
1: yes yeah, so, well yes and yes and no um the yeah so i travel a lot the reason is it's easier to get people like me to where the car is rather than trying to get the car um to me so it travel is a, is a necessary part of the job. Um, I don't really mind it. I'm kind of used to it now. Um, sometimes it gets a bit tiring. Um, sometimes it's a little bit frustrating because we get to go to maybe a really cool destination, but we have no real free time at all to enjoy it. So, you know, you might go to a country, uh, like, you know, last week I went to Greece to drive the ORS, the new ORS3. I was there for 21 hours you know, literally flew in, drove the car, had dinner that night, flew out the next day. That's it. So you're not, you, you almost could be anywhere and not really realize it, um, yeah. but it's, but it is kind of enjoyable. Um, you do for, as brief as it is, you get to see different parts of the world and, it's it's an amazing like travel is one of the best things ever you know like when you get to see different places different people different cultures it really like it totally opens your mind it's fantastic so like i I absolutely encourage you you know whenever if you ever get a chance to go and travel somewhere like go and do it and you know grab it with both hands because it is amazing to get to see different places um although it's funny like as i said when you don't have a lot of time I think I had been to Berlin about six times before I ever saw the Berlin wall, for example, you know, because we just, we, yeah, we kind of like, we really like when we do these events, uh, like every single hour is like accounted for. So like we've, you know, we fly in, we land, the cars are usually at the airport waiting for us. We drive the cars for two hours. We'll stop somewhere, maybe have a coffee break. Then we're into a hotel. We get to a hotel. We'll have maybe 45 minutes. Then we're a press conference. Then it's dinner usually with the engineers, so we're talking about the cars. And then I'm back to my room and I'm I'm working then that that night to get the story for the website or for a newspaper or whatever. And then usually it's up next morning, and then we back to the airport and go again. And maybe it's home or maybe it's on to the next one. So it is it's quite fast paced, um, but yeah, it's still fun to see. And I've been I've been extremely lucky to get to see some amazing places around the world. That that were not for the job I. Probably would never get to see, so that's it. Is a huge plus. So although, although sometimes it might be a little bit when the alarm goes off at half three or four in the morning, you might kind of curse it, but it, it's still it's part of the job, and you just get used to it after a while. So I don't really mind it too much.
0: Yeah. Um, how did you find out able to travel
1: to Uh So travel during COVID was was a bit tricky. Um, everything I, I still remember the last event I did and literally getting home and about, two, about a day later is when they announced like everything was just like stopped and we went into lockdowns and all that. Um, it, was very, it was very weird to just have everything canceled. Um, just oh, what, what felt like almost overnight. And the, tr- the funny thing was we, I was at home and I still had a lot of work to do. Um, and then because we write for a lot of different publications, all, even though travel had stopped and, and car launches and all that had stopped, they all still needed content. So it wasn't a case of, oh, well, I'm just going to sit at home and watch Netflix and put my feet up on the cage. We were actually really, really busy, but we just had to shift the work that we were doing to something else. So we still had to create content because yeah, all the people who we write for were still like, oh, well people need, need to know what's going on. So we're writing a lot about different things. And then eventually travel did start to reopen in certain countries. So I, I think after like the first big lockdown, it was around July, I think that I started to travel again, but it was very, it was very complicated because we had to have all the PCR tests and it was all this kind of stuff. It was, it was a lot more logistics involved. And then it was stop, start. So I might go and do two or three events. And then I obviously at the time I had to come home and I had to quarantine at home. And then almost when the quarantine ended was time to go back and do the next event. And so it was, it was a bit of a logistical nightmare to try and organize. And then the first half of this year, I didn't travel at all. So first six months of this year, I was just at home and we were doing a lot of zoom stuff like this and we were doing, you know, all that kind of things. Um, and we were able to get cars from different countries. So the manufacturers would send a, 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 an early car over to us. So I, I might get it for a day. So I could drive it and then, Um, And that was it. But now I'm back traveling almost to the same level as before, Um, but it's still a lot of paperwork. We still do a lot of testing. So even though testing isn't mandatory anymore, um, when we go to the events, the the numbers of people at the events are a lot less, but we still have testing done just as an extra precaution, just to make sure everyone is kind of, there's, there's no risk to anyone. Um, So, yeah, it's, it was in a way, it was kind of nice not to be traveling. So um, those 4am starts that I mentioned, I didn't, I didn't miss those. It was quite nice not having those. Um, But at the same time, travel is a, a, it goes hand in hand with the job. Uh, And effectively i need to be traveling all the time to do the job so we're, we're always going to drive new cars in different countries yeah Um
0: well,
1: what's your favorite hotel that you've stayed in my favorite hotel um yeah. so yeah this is uh, this is another funny thing with with instagram especially was uh people there's a there's a half people like like my instagram for the cars and half people like it for the hotels um <laughs> i've uh, ah, i i I've, I once stayed in, I was doing an event in Morocco and we we're staying in, uh, it was a Mandarin Oriental, which are kind of like a, a high end luxury hotel chain. But I stayed in this place and it was like this outside villa that had an eight meter swimming pool in the yard. And this was like all oh, just for me, just like you could have fit 10 people into this place. Um, and it was an amazing place. It was at Morocco. Um, but part of that trip was actually even more spectacular. It wasn't a hotel, it was a tent. And we stayed out in the Sahara Desert. So we drove BMW x trees out into the Sahara for hours and hours and hours. We were in the middle of nowhere. And then they somehow, and I don't even know how we found it, but they, they had us like go to this particular location with GPS coordinates and they had set up this like, re, well, I say it was a campsite, but it was quite a luxurious campsite. And we spent a night out in the Sahara Desert. And I'll never forget looking up at night. It was completely black. And I've never seen the, the sky like it. So you could see the whole Milky Way. And it and it literally looked like if you get one of those National Geographic magazines and you see what the Milky Way is like, it really looked like that. And the worst thing about it was that no matter what I did, I couldn't get a good picture of it. So, <laughs> but But I must have spent about an hour just outside, just staring up at it. And it was just it was one of those amazing experiences to be in the middle of nowhere, like literally in the middle of the Sahara Desert, just doing this. And it was one of those moments where you kind of pinch yourself and you go, this is my job. But it was a great experience. Um, But, yeah, I've stayed in a lot of like really kind of fancy hotels and all that. And some of them are kind of really outlandish in in how luxurious they are. Um, Actually, one of the most interesting ones was actually in Ireland was out in it was in I think I'm nearly I could be wrong I think it was either Fermanagh or Leitrim but they have there's a place down there that have these domes out in the forest they're like inflatable domes but they're clear and um and we were doing a mini event um down there and it was really amazing because you're literally it's like this gigantic inflatable bubble in the middle of a forest. And you just wait, and there's no curtains or anything in it. But the way the, the way they're positioned, nobody can see you. Um, so you're not waking up looking at somebody. But uh, that was really cool as well. So yeah, there's a, there, like there's some amazing places around the world. Um, but usually, it's funny. Like most of the time in a hotel, all I really want is like I want a good desk so I can get a couple of hours of work done, and then a good bed. That's all. All you really, all that really matters, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: actually, going back to your last question, um, you said what car does a car journalist get? But I also heard that you really like sneakers. So what kind of sneakers does a sneaker head get?
1: Yeah, um, so yeah. I've <laughs> been for long. That's what yeah,
0: really I'm definitely,
1: definitely a bit of a sneakerhead. What you can't see is just over there, there's like a really big pile of, 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 of shoe boxes that are full <laughs> of stuff. Um, so part of why I love sneakers as well is actually comes down to design and yeah. design and, and materials as well. So I've I mean, I've got quite a lot of you got quite a lot of them, but that's kind of my that's what I kind of spend my money on. Um, for me, it's always about like uh, so I my particular favorite is Air Max 90. So I'm, I'm a big Nike head and particularly the Air Max 90. It's just like the whole design thing for me just works really well. They're really comfortable. I've got dozens of Air Max 90s in all different colors and materials. I've got a pair that are made out of cork. Um, that were like a special anniversary ones Um, Mm. and I've also more recently and again slightly coming back to what we were talking about in cars earlier I've gotten a couple of pairs now that are made out of recycled materials so they kind of get like the bits of uh, all the little bits that get cut off and they kind of make it into a new material um, and they kind of have a really unusual look and feel to them so I really like that as well. Um, and it's funny. I I kind of gotten this. I'm I'm. I guess I'm a little bit known for because when I go to an event now, like one of the things when I get, I meet people, I meet the the people from the car company. And the first thing they kind of do is almost look down at my feet to see the kind of what, what, what trainers I'm wearing. But um, but yeah, I just it's just a uh, it's just for me. It's just design. It's colors, materials, um, and it's what I like. I mean, th- th- like there's loads of sneakers that are really like hyped up, and people want to have and. I just don't like them I I just buy what i what I like and that's it um so yeah and i I always have a few on the list that I want to get but um I've, I've been I've been quite well behaved lately I haven't bought too many this year so um maybe I need I need to get back on it but but again the only reason is I haven't really seen ones that go oh I really like those so it's usually like a decision in in one or two seconds I'll see something and it's either like it's like binary it's like right away yes or no yeah I really like those and that's it. Yeah, no, I get
0: what you mean with the nineties. Like I always love the nineties, but I don't know just Jordans or especially um, Dunks. I've always loved Dunks. And I've yeah, seen Dun- early-
1: yeah, Dunks, and it's funny, Dunks are now getting really popular. Yeah, I, I, like, I've
0: seen that like, they're like the new Air Force One almost. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, but like, yeah, and I and, I, I, and I don't like, Air Force Ones. I, I never really like Air Force Ones. I've had a few pairs. Like, I'm like, yes, ah, I, I don't I, really I like, like you know cute though. Like we can't like. In
0: the culture of it, like it's such a high ranking shoes up there with yeah. like, like, um, like up with there, like Jordan 11s or yeah, 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 especially. And with it's you know, even like Stan like, Smith's
1: on, with Adidas, you know, it's like they're like Air Force Ones, or yeah, those things. super kings are really
0: nice. I've always
1: loved those, yeah, but, um, the jo- like so. And some of the other ones are like, uh, I mean, I love you know, like the hyper dunks and stuff like oh, that, but like, yeah, some, of them, are really, really some is- of them are really cool, even like some of the Kobe stuff is like really really neat but i i also then sometimes i'll see like a really cool pair of jordans and i just can't pull off jordans you know what i'm saying (laughs) so as much as i'd like them i go i'm not gonna yeah i'd like them but i'm not gonna get them and i don't buy i don't buy them to resell them i'll just i'll just buy stuff i like but like one of my one of my all-time favorite pairs i've a pair of the do you remember uh nike did a thing with virgil abloh of the 10 Um, and yeah, so I've got the Air Max 90 of that. And mm. they're like, yeah, they're one of my favorites. Um, just really, really like those. So they, I don't really wear them too often, but yeah.
0: Sometimes I use their shoes to have shown, like, you know, like, honestly, if you could actually, this is the next question. If you could have any shoe, like any shoe, no matter what, no matter the cost, what would it be? Oh, do you
1: know what? The, the ones that I, Actually, from the 10, I really actually I actually tried to get all of the 10, the whole collection. Oh, yeah. And the ones that I couldn't get was the Hyper Dunks. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like, yeah, so they have a cool kind of sole on them. And I couldn't it's, get them. Really like, I haven't seen and they're really expensive now. And yeah, I, super I, expensive now. Can't bring myself to do it, but like um, but another pair I really like that I do have is a pair of the hyper adapts, so the ones that are the self-lacing the electric ones pair
0: mags? Oh, my yeah God. yeah
1: yeah no not the, no they're not the back yeah so they're called hyper adapts and you just oh, put your yeah. foot into the but like a normal sneaker, you put your foot into it and it just closes shut That's um and man. so i've i've, I've funny I, I i do wear them like all the stuff i do wear and i remember i had them on one day and i was in town i was in dublin and i just like i walked into i think i just i was out getting a coffee and just walked into size to see what they had and next thing i noticed like the the guys in size were like nudging each other going oh, look he's wearing <laughs> you know so I was, and I kind of felt a bit self-conscious but I was like yeah, yeah I'm gonna wear them but um but yeah so I, I've got a f- there are there's definitely a few but the, yeah the the ones from the 10 the hyper the, the hyper dunks from the 10 are ones that kind of escapes and I kind of wish I'd gotten them and every time I went to go and get them I was like oh they're too expensive now if yeah. I look on stock X and then when I go back six months later they're more expensive again and I kind of kick myself that I'm <laughs> Not getting them, but yeah. Uh, some you, you win, some you lose. Some.
0: Yeah. What well, are actually the most expensive pair you own, if you know?
1: Uh, <laughs> the most expensive pair. Not not in term. Well, in terms of probably the most valuable pair, are probably those tens. Yeah. The that, the-, the Air Force One from the ten, because I think last time I looked, they're about sixteen to eighteen hundred. Euro yeah
0: for, I, I was thinking it would be then I was just like, yeah so yeah. they're
1: they're they're kind of expensive Um, I've got like some early Yeezys as well that are kind of worth a bit as well but I don't really look at them too much oh yeah one of my other favourites is the animal pack the Atmos animal packs with the, they're the Air Force ones but they have like the tiger prints on them as well yeah. Um, so they were ones that I kind of got a good price on and they're, they're definitely worth a lot more so but um but I just, yeah, I don't really think about too much about what they're worth. I just just enjoy them.
0: And one last question. Then. For me, one and hope can change to more sustainable emissions. Do you think this will change the game in ways?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Formula One fan. and it, It's kind <laughs> of, I see where they're going to try and be more sustainable because they, yeah. they have an image that they need to portray out there. I think it's kind of tricky for them to, you know, they're going to move to, to like a, a biofuel, like a sustainable fuel. Um, and obviously the hybrid era and all that has, has worked quite well, but I, I don't really know how much more they can do um, to make themselves more sustainable. Um, you know, sometimes they could do things a bit more sensibly or like, you know, if you're going to have a race in Texas and have a race in Mexico, have them, don't have another race in China in between yeah. where they have to go all the way back to China to come all the way back over again. You know, like so they, they need to think about stuff like that. Um, I think probably the next big thing they'll do is there'll be, um, they'll they'll introduce, they're going to introduce a partly biofuel. And I think they'll continue to try and drive that aspect of it. I really don't think formula one will ever go electric. Um, even with, you know, even with, um, the way Formula E has done, but even with the car industry going electric, I don't think Formula e, Formula One will go electric because yes. Formula One has always been about the pinnacle of motorsport engineering and of technology. And I think Formula E is kind of covered that. I also don't think Formula E is going to last a hell of a lot longer either. Um, but I think Formula One will will embrace. Um, I think if they do anything, they may embrace concept of using hydrogen as a combustion fuel rather than a fuel cell so toyota in japan has already developed a combustion engine that runs on hydrogen rather than a hydrogen fuel cell and i think you may see that happen in formula formula one in time but i think for the next couple of years they're just going to probably stay the way they are They'll, they'll they have major engine change coming for in um for 22 and i think they will continue to try and be a little bit more sustainable in how they do everything. But Formula One is effectively net carbon neutral at the moment in terms of how they offset their carbon. So um, Mm. I think, I think the bigger thing really is, is for Formula One to use um, its popularity as a platform to help educate people. Um, And we've already seen that in how they've been driving to push out racism and, and to bring in more equality and I think they could probably do the same thing in terms with environmental issues just to try and educate people a bit more that then they can kind of you know the more information people have, the better informed choices they can make, then from you know, whether it's goods that they're buying or where their energy is coming from, can can make a better decision about that. Because ultimately it's like everything that's going to go on with the it, when the climate in the future is going to affect you guys. You know, you you're the ones that are gonna see a bigger effect of what's happening now as you get older. So I think that's, you know, it's really important that for people of my era of my age, that we, we need, we need to do more because we might not be the ones that see the problems, but it's people like you and, and your kids in time will be the ones that will see the problems. And I think, so I think we all need to think a little bit more responsibly about stuff as well. And I hope that formula one will use its popularity to do that as well. But, I'd, I mean, I still think it's 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 a great sport. It's still my you know, I still watch every single race. Um, are you guys big Formula One fans? Or oh yeah, um, yeah. So Mac, Max or, Max or Lewis this year?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I Too
1: close I know. to call. I I I would love like, to see. Uh, I'd love to see Lewis win the championship this year so that he, you know, so he then has, literally, he's top of the table on everything. But I think Max is, Max, I think, has him on the ropes now.
0: I think Lewis, but I think the thing with Lewis is that no matter how much pressure he's been under, he's always been, like, he doesn't, that's why he's the best, because he doesn't make mistakes. You know, he's literally a robot when it comes to this thing. Like, I saw this, like, percentage of like how much mistakes or like wrong turns each driver takes and Lewis Hamilton only had like a 10% of like mistakes like with his whole like with his whole season and you're like how can someone have it down to that much of a like routine almost
1: yeah it's an amazing like yeah I know a lot of people like some people love him some people hate him yeah but like and for me, I don't really follow I don't really support any one driver or team. I just really like enjoy watching the sport. But it's an incredible as an athlete the what he has achieved is absolutely incredible um to be so dominant. It's you know it's like it's like Jordan back in the day in basketball. Yeah. You know, it's just like he's just like
0: he's know, just the best, like you he's know
1: there's no... so many people, you know, like that's the thing. Like he's beaten people in every era of modern Formula One, like from the V10 to the V eight to the hybrid era. And he's he's dominated in everything. Um so yeah I think I think the real thing I I, I couldn't call it this year. I think Max might do it, but I think it could well go down to the last race of the season this year. And, yeah, I, and I I hope it does as well, because I remember when, back when Schumacher was dominating with Ferrari and he he won the championship in France halfway through the season. And it kind of took the fun out of it. Whereas now the fact that it could go down to the last race, I think is going to make it really, really yeah. interesting to watch. And I'm really glad that they've kept it relatively clean between them. I think there's, I think both, Verstappen and Hamilton
0: yeah, are very a, aware of they're, the they're
1: getting pro they're getting compared between Prost and Senna and they don't yeah. want to do that. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. So
0: um, just the last question: We always end the podcast with a song where our guest. I guess a few tough times. What would what would yours be?
1: Oh, um, hmm trying to get a song so this is going to be a very cheesy one and it's also going to show my age but there's one song that every time it comes on the radio it like transports me back to when I was almost your kind of age and that's uh there's a new radical song it's called don't let go but every time that comes on the radio I'm transported back to when I had a summer job in school Everything was brilliant. I was earning a bit of money and I just thought like I felt on top of the world. And I think that's the one of of all. I'm a big music fan, but that's the one song. I don't know what it is, but it's just every time that comes on the radio, it's like an immediate like jump back in time so um that's probably one that i would get and it's it's not too bad a song but like my musical taste now i'm I'm 38 so like i'm i'm really out of touch with probably what you guys listen to but uh, (laughs) but yeah so um yeah i'd probably if i had to on on the spot that's probably what i'd pick
0: and that was david Humphreys. thank you so much again for coming on you're a fantastic guest and super interesting to talk to if you enjoyed this podcast follow our socials on instagram and twitter and give our spotify follow As always, stay safe and see you next time.